but we're going to talk about it once more, and we're going to talk about what it isn't. Um, if you guys, this church is what, 10, 15 years old, so you guys have most likely come from another church. You guys have most likely done some sort of outreach in that church or denomination or where you, where you came from. You probably used a certain kind of method or what have you for that as well. So you probably have an idea of what you think outreach is. I want to actually separate yourselves from that box. Um, usually, basically, we always compartmentalize ourselves in, in a nice little box, right? Because it's really safe here. It's really safe. It's comfortable. You know, if there's going to be a change, you can handle it. But today, we're just going to take ourselves out of this box, and we're going to stretch our perspective on maybe what outreach could be. Okay? Um, so you have your little piece of homework there. But before I start, I know some of you guys are new, so I'm so sorry that we're talking about outreach. Uh, we're going to actually have a little bit of dialogue and discussion as well during this, because that's basically how I like to talk. So it's not just me. It's a team effort here. Um, I would like you guys to look at the first piece on your outreach page, and it says, what is the purpose of outreach? Is this right? Yeah. How do you, how do you define outreach? So if you have nobody beside you, maybe you'd like to make a friend today um, and say, hi, you have a nice smile, you have pretty teeth, whatever you want to say to that person. Um, and I want you to just take a minute and just, uh, just write in, um, not even a sentence form, because I didn't even give you enough space. Write in one word or two words how you would define what outreach is. So I'll just give you a minute to go ahead and do that right now. Yep. Yeah, one word. Not a sentence, not an explanation, just what you think in one word what outreach could be. Reaching out. That's two words, not allowed. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to actually, we had, um, we don't have a whiteboard, so I'm just going to pretend to write your answers. Um, if you guys are really intellectual, which I am not, you could probably retain some of this stuff that people are going to say. I would like to know what you guys think about what outreach is. Just shout one out. Sharing. Communicating, love, sorry, connecting, community work, evangelism, telling, generosity is really good. Yeah, thank you. Real? That's really good. Yeah, I like those. Anyone else have one to share? Kindness. Kindness is good. Sharing. Being available. You guys are awesome at this. You guys already know what outreach is. I don't even know why I'm talking about it. But anyways, sometimes I always feel things on my heart. I'm like, oh, we need to talk about this. And then I stand up here. I'm like, why am I here? But anyways, I am. So you're going to have to endure 15 more minutes of me, okay? So if we are thinking about outreach and how we define it, we need to look at the purpose of outreach and how we can meet the need. Um, do we actually understand what outreach is? And what I hear from you guys is that actually we do have a really good understanding of it. How are we supposed to define it, though? Um, I feel that I have a few more ideas. Did I write them out? Yeah, no, I just did it. Oh, yeah, I did. 
So here's what I had too, and some of you guys have overlapped these things, and this is even before I went to the professional definition of what outreach is. So I have human connections, relationships, doing life together, walking alongside those who have a need, providing a service, and intentional caring. Okay. If I push a button, there we go. Okay. So why are we doing what we do in this world today as a believer in Christ to reach out to others? If I look in the Bible, I'm going to start at 1 Peter 3, 15 to 16. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. When I look at this, I have hope that Christ lives in me, and I want to share that with others. That is the the best verse ever. Prepare to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. When I look at outreach, I actually also want to look at it in three different ways. And I think I wrote this on the little, oh yeah, on the little box on your piece of paper. I wrote upward, outward, and inward, okay? And the reason why is when I say upward, what do we think is up there? God, right? Usually we're always like, oh, it's God, right? It's like a cultural thing. If we think of God, we look up. Outward is others. Outward is your community, the people who you surround yourself with, and also the people around you further on. And inward is to look at ourselves for outreach. Um, If we're looking um, inward, we have to make sure that what we're doing is not just for those good works that people like to talk about. But we see God's hand in it, that he has blessed whatever we are doing. And we need to remind ourselves that we are not our own. So when you look inward, you can look for any part of yourself that actually feels proud or better than anyone else because of what you're accomplishing. It is not because of you, but through you that Christ is working. So if I look at outreach also, I can see that outreach can be for an individual, a personal way to do it, and also for the organization or the community. So today we're going to talk about us as a family of OVV, our little tribe here, Um, and how we can do it together, okay? And I'm going to go through. Uh, Do you guys remember in the fall we talked about our vision statement? And it's not fixed yet, but we talked about it, and it looks like this. And this is not set in stone, but this is our idea of what it might look like. So we wrote, to encounter Jesus together, expecting what he has done and what he is doing to change us, and propel us to facilitate that encounter for others. Does that sound like outreach? 100%. So this is what we want our vision statement to look like. If we go back into the Bible, we're going to actually look at Matthew 28. And if you see Matthew, Matthew's riddled with really good ideas of what outreach or missional work would look like. So we're going to go 28, 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, so you must go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, and you can be sure that I am with you, always with you, to the very end. 
We're also going to skip back. I'm going to actually do three verses. I'm going to skip back to Matthew 25, verses 37 to 40 as well. And I'm just going to throw these out at you, but I just want to actually, we'll go back to them and we're going to find some points that of interest that I really want you to connect with. So Matthew 25, I just have to push this key hard enough. Okay. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. I'm pretty sure you're getting the theme going on right here now, eh? So here is the next one. It's in Luke, if you want to skip a few pages. It's Luke 18, verses 16 to 17. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God, like a little child, will never enter it. So how can we weave our lives with others the way Christ has asked us to? If we were to do everything that he asked of us, we're going to have to feed the poor. We're going to have to take care of the widow, take care of the children, visit the prisons and the sick people, make disciples while working full-time or part-time or whatever you do in your life, and also care for your family or your extended family. Can you do it all? I, I, <laughs> I'm the first one to say that I cannot at all. If we look at ourselves personally... We probably have been part of an outreach, like I said at the beginning of, this, of the message. And as a group, you've probably done outreach. Some really probably took off, and some really were being like, that might have been just a real big downer. <laughs> it might have been failed because maybe it just maybe wasn't a good idea at the time. Sometimes, actually, it's a bad idea. Do you guys ever remember when we did those, there was like these videos of like, believe in God or you're going to die thing. Do you ever see those? They're like from the early 90s. They scared the snot right out of you. And then you're like, you're just left there like to saying, I better believe in Jesus right now because, you know, he's going to come soon and he, we're just going to be gone. Anyway, so the fear of God, not really a good idea. So if we look at outreach, we probably still struggle with this as our culture around us keeps changing. And it's changing even faster. Um, one of the models that one of the churches that I used to attend was like this come and see model. Do you guys know what that means? Where you're like, oh, I have an event. I have a really special thing going on. I want you to come and see it. I have a really good Pollock. This is like the best food you're ever going to have in the next three years. Come and do it. No disregard to Jacob's potluck stuff. It was amazing. He did really good stuff with his uh, alpha stuff because he actually had five newcomers learn about Jesus, which is amazing. So thank you for doing that. Side note right there. Um, <laughs> It is an okay model to do the come and see model, but it is flawed in a sense. We're trying to get to people to come in with maybe just a lure or a bait, right? We're saying, if you do this, you can come to my church and you can see. It's okay. I did this too, and I still do it nowadays. So here's my big awesome one here. Heroes Unmasked. All right, so it's a great Halloween alternative. You've got your Esther, you've got your David, your Moses, your Noah, and I don't know the last guy, but whatever, he's all gray too, just like the rest of them, except for Esther and David. 
It was a really cool alternative. Um, did it work? It didn't. It was fun. It was cozy. It was in our church. We were doing this really cool event for the day. One that actually did work, it was still another come and see approach, was this one. Summer camp. We got the kids, so we're good, right? So we did a full week of day camp for kids during the summer. What we did was we, oh my gosh, specifically, you just say that over and over again, it just won't work. Specifically targeted lower income families to register first for the day camp, and then we opened up that day camp to the rest of the people. Our church was actually really thankfully right beside a swimming pool and a library, and we took full advantage of those. The day camp was so popular, we usually probably had about 120 kids, 60 volunteers to run it for the week. We always had a waiting list. Some years, we actually didn't even have a message or a sermon, as you, can, as you know, like there's vacation Bible school and things like that, but we didn't do that for this one, especially because sometimes, some years, we had a lot of um, Muslim families in there. Through this, we were asked so many questions about God. The kids actually came to know Christ as their personal Savior, and the volunteers felt they did a really awesome job demonstrating God's love, and we actually filled a need in the community. We have two scenarios in which we use the come and see approach, with every intention of using those three perspectives in that box of outward, upward, and inward. We focused on God as the main reason to host an event and to love the kids unconditionally. So there's your upward, outward, and inward. We prayed constantly for those kids, unbeknownst to them, for them to be open to learning more about God or how we can help them where they're at in their walk of life. We trained our volunteers and armed them with the sword of the Spirit, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, and the gift of the funny bone. I don't even know why this is not in the Bible, but the gift of the funny bone, because if you don't know me, I love to have fun, and I think a lot of kids might too, too, because life is actually really serious, and life can actually suck. But if I have an opportunity to frighten a room, to give life to a smile, and change someone's demeanor, I'm on that stuff like a tornado. Okay. So we're going to talk about ourself. Because you can't do any of this, any sort of outreach that you might be doing, without looking at yourself. Um... We heard through a speaker, the man from Brazil, I can't even remember his name. Does anybody remember his name? Art? He was awesome. A few months ago, we had a guest speaker in from Brazil. Uh, He's taken a break, from what I understand. Um, He mentioned that doing good works and going through the motions of following God's call is not enough. You need to make sure that you are okay, too. So we don't do outreach just because we're going to fill out the good worksheet, tick off the good job you did. We're not going to do outreach just to make ourselves feel a little uncomfortable and get yourself out of that box for maybe a few hours or a few days, and then go back to our regular lifestyle. And we don't do outreach because we can prove to ourselves we can do some good in the world and show others what kind of good thing you did. It's like Facebook, right? Everything's beautiful on Facebook. Look at me and my family. Anyways. I don't do that at all. (laughs) I'll just put me on Facebook. (laughs) In our Western culture, and in churches specifically, we have this idea that outreach is supposed to look a certain way. Actually, if I looked up outreach, I googled this, and you can actually 
over and over again, it's like the top 50 ways that you can do outreach, and it's the same thing, like bouncy castles and this and that, and it's really awesome, but it's the same thing over and over and over again. It doesn't matter what denomination it is. It doesn't matter what church you're from. It's the same kind of style of outreach. Um, I think it's dated is what I'm trying to say. We have similar approaches of seeing a need and attempting to fill it with people who are service-oriented too. We have a desire to perform a function or an event in hopes that non-Christians will attend and be transformed because of what we're doing. So let's think for a minute. Let's do a little what-if game. So what if we instead see where God already is and meet him there? What if our neighbor, our friend, our coworker, or our community is already doing something where God is and we can join them? So where God is, we can meet him there. If we change sometimes our thoughts to become Christ-centered in our outreach thinking, we don't even have to call it outreach. We can call it missional. We can call it whatever you want. Whatever label you'd like to put on this. If we change just our focus and our mindset to meet God where he's working in our church family, in individuals we know, and in that community at large, we're going to be doing exactly what God has instructed in the Bible. And why would we do this? Because this is our tribe. This is our family right here. And sometimes we bicker, which is they okay because families bicker. I don't know about your family, but like, I have four kids. So trying to get up this morning and get to church, get the hair braided and everything, it was just ridiculous. So anyways, I hope they look good. I don't know. <laughs> um, this is me and you. I don't even know all of you yet, and I've been here for over five years. But we're going to walk together in this because we're stronger together. My favorite verse is, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So God will always be with you. We need to trust in this. All right, so there's a homework section now. I think I flew by this. I did. Sorry. You get to go home early, right? So one little thing. Well, actually, there's the three things. There's three questions that I wrote down for you guys. These we can take with us. I'm going to go look at them for a second. So the reason why I chose these is because the first question is very similar to that of the Lenten discussion, where we had to give something up for Lent if you chose to, and you actually had to make room for something more Christ-oriented. So I, I don't know if, I've never given something up. I gave something up this, this year. It was actually cool because I actually, even my kids gave something up. They gave up like cookies or something. But every time they went to that cookie jar, they're like, ah, oh, no, I can't do this. And then they had to f- find something else to do. So then they maybe read a message in the Bible or one of my daughters wanted to dance for Jesus. It was really cute. So that's what they did instead. Um, and it was really mindful for them to say, God gave up so much for us, we're going to give up this one thing for him. So it's our first year. It was actually successful, so we're probably going to do that again. But I want us to relook at that question, and it says, what needs to go from your life to make room for Christ? I've got a list a mile long. The second one is, where do you see God's work being done? 
So what you're going to do is you're going to think inward yourself, outward about others, and upward Christ. Where is Christ asking you to be? And the third question is what is one thing you could do or you're already doing in the realm of outreach? And who would you like to share that with? Okay. I wrote on the bottom that you can already share what's already happening in your life or you have some really amazing ideas to just email me. Or if you want to yell at me about this sermon, you can too. I'm totally cool with that. But I would like us to pray. If you guys want to stand with me so I don't feel all alone, that would be awesome. (laughs) All right. Father, we call to you. We ask for your strength right now in this place, in this church, in Carlton Place, and in our community, that we can be exactly where you want us to be. We can love exactly who you ask us to love and live the way you want us to live. We want to meet you where you already are in the area. We do not want to reinvent the wheel. You are here in this church every Sunday. We can feel your presence here, Lord. Please give us some guidance or words of affirmation into where you want us to meet you. Lord, we stand here today, and we want to say we're ready. We're ready to take that plunge and let you work in us. We're ready to walk in faith and walk alongside others. And show me this week, Lord, how this will look like. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, we'll have an awesome Sunday. Take care.